Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It is BS show. No, it's not. Where'd that it's come from? It's close enough. We talked to, we talked to the <laughs> S and BS yesterday, momentarily. Damn. So that's why, it's, maybe it's, that's why it's on your brain. God, it's, I'm, I'm screwing my, you know. You, you don't have to apologize You can't me. teach it's it like, It's like being in a new relationship and you just called me your old partner. Brad. <laughs> yes, which never works out well. <laughs> uh, it's bjshow.co, bjshow.co. I got a comment from a listener yesterday that they don't like the fact that we call it the Brad John Show. They think that sounds sort of stupid. And I go, well, what do we call it? And the response was, I like when you talk about the fact that it's a BJShow.co. I said, okay, fine. Nice, okay. BJShow.co. But the idea being at some point in time you have to explain what the B and the J stands for because we might get in a little bit of trouble if we don't do that, if you know what I'm saying. Because people would think it was blackjack. People would think that we <laughs> That's were promoting exactly what they're thinking. casino gambling. That's exactly what they're thinking. Okay, uh, it is the Friday before the another three-day weekend, uh, and it's uh, to some people, it's the Friday before uh, a weekend that they didn't have to work because they haven't been to work since last <laughs> last Wednesday. You know, not this past Wednesday, but Wednesday the week before the last holiday uh, because they've been off all that time. I had an argument with one of uh, a, a a current teacher in the Hazelwood district who I know. And um, it's funny because the argument was, I said that when I went to school in the Hazelwood school district, we didn't have, we didn't have spring break. We got Good Friday off. I don't, do you remember this? Does this does this sound uh, right? Yeah. You know what? Actually, I don't. I can't. I can't okay. honestly say I remember what our calendar was. We had Good Friday off. We didn't have a fall uh, a spring break, and our Christmas break was however the days were. However, you know where Christmas fell. We went to school the day before Christmas Eve. So in other words, our last day of school would have been yep. the twenty third. And we went back to school on the day after New Year's if it was a weekday. Obviously, if, yeah, if I New think Year's... that make, that sounds about right. Right. So we didn't get like two weeks. Now they get like two weeks. Yeah. And what's interesting was I'm going back and forth with this particular person. So I put it out on my high school. I'm a member of my high school class on on Facebook, and. Pretty much everybody agreed with me. Matter of fact, some people said, absolutely, you were absolutely right. I've talked about this before. We didn't get a week for spring. And once again, the difference was back then, we didn't start start school till the day after Labor Day. None of this August crap. We started the school, mm. school after the day after Labor Day. And typically, we got off like the first week in June. Now, the reason for that was that I believe they've changed the number of days uh, Desi is, you, not Desi Lou, but you know who I'm talking about, Desi. That's yeah, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Right. They've changed the number of days, and if I'm not mistaken, back when I went to school, it was 160, and I think they've changed it to like 175 or something like that. But the other argument was I have always been an anti-half-day person. To me, okay, yeah. half days are bogus, and 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 the argument that came back at me from the teacher was, well, no, hold on a minute now. You know, when do you want us to have our? We use that half day with the kids are in class in the morning and in the afternoon. We use that half day for professional development, 
And my response was, okay, let's think about this for a minute. Let's say there was a requirement for professional development for restaurants, that everyone that yeah. worked at a restaurant had to, had to have professional de- development time where you took like four hours and the cooks were taught, you know, safety in the kitchen and the waitresses and the waiters were taught, you know, proper client appreciation and how not to, you know. And uh, social emotional right, skills. How to yeah. deal with, you know, tough customers and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And let's say they decided to have their professional development on Friday between six and ten in the evening and the teacher went well they would never do that because that's an important time for them because that's when a lot of people go eat you're making my point they would pick a time when there would be no customers there you know like let's say come in on sunday morning from you know eight to noon and we'll do our professional development she says well well i would never come in on a sunday morning i wouldn't matter of fact i don't work weekends at all that's the mentality of our educational system well, Brad, right now, what uh, I hope you appreciate what you've done because right now there will be somebody from an uh, uh, urban area in Kansas City who hate listens to our show that is organizing Starbucks baristas who's going to say, yeah, and the location needs to shut down between 6 and 10 and we need to learn social-emotional learning. So maybe you've just started a movement here in Missouri, Brad. I But see – I guess I've always been, see, the thing for me is, if you trace my my work history, okay, when I was like 13 years old, I had a job washing windows at a retail store, okay, and that Mm -hmm. went, I did that on Saturday, and and then I used to cut lawns when I was a kid, you know, back in the day, Um, and it's so funny because of the fact that nowadays, I'm curious as to if people still have like the kid down the street cut their lawn because there's all this legal aspect of the fact that he doesn't have workman's comp. He might not have a lawnmower that's OSHA approved. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. I mean, all the he, cra- might, he, might, he might use Venmo and the IRS can't get to that unless he <laughs> right. collects more than $600 or, a year. Or, right. He's, you, have to, you have to issue him a 1099 because of the fact yeah. that, yeah. you know, that he's kind of stuff. He's right. not a W-2. He's a 1099. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, can a kid just make a couple bucks on the side anymore? That kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, once again, I mean, then I worked in the restaurant industry. I worked I worked, I worked, worked at a grocery store for a while. I worked the weekend stocking shelves. I worked at Steak and Shake. I started out washing dishes. Then I was a curb boy. Then after I graduated from high school, I went into the radio business and went to college and worked at the police department, you know, yep. about 24 hours a week. We did three shifts a week as a police dispatcher. I've worked, you know, I can't. I can't tell you how many Christmases, how many New Year's, and, and yep. you know, and any other stupid holiday. You name a holiday, I worked it. I mean, and sometimes for years and years and years. And, and you tell that to some, oh, well, that's terrible. You need to be with your family on, 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 on Christmas. And the thing I always said was, back in the day when I first started, uh, when I first started my, my radio career, I was the producer for a guy by the name of Lee Lankford who was the talk show host on the old KSOQ, did a Sunday night, Monday morning talk show. And at the time, Missouri still had the blue law. And we had certain shows that Lee wanted to keep up on because that was when it was sort of bubbling under that Missouri was going to get rid of the blue law. And for those of you who don't know what the blue law was, the blue law was stores in Missouri, for the most part, could not open on Sunday. 
And the problem was Illinois didn't have a blue law. So if you wanted to go shopping on Sunday, you jumped in your car and you drove across the river and you went to Fairview Heights or Alton or, yep. or Belleville or whatever, and that's where you went shopping. Matter of fact, you could drive through. I remember uh, my wife and I, when we first got married, we used to go over to there all the time. The blue law was still in effect. And we used to go to, to St. Clair Square all the time, and we'd laugh about how we'd go through the parking lot and we would see, rarely would we see an Illinois plate, all Missouri plates. You know, everybody in Fairview. Yeah, so, so it's like all this tax revenue that Missouri is losing goes over to Illinois. Okay, so my job was, as producer of the show, and ultimately I, I hosted the show, but that was down the road. My job as a producer was to find guests. So he wanted to have it equally balanced. So like we would do an hour, and usually there would be somebody from, I don't know what it is, but you probably know the name of the Missouri Retail Association. Is this something like that now yep, today? Yep, the Missouri Retailers Association. Okay, yep. so that still is an organization, correct? Yep, it is. And he would come in, and they would, or he or she would come in, and they would say, well, here's the problem, Missouri. And they would state this exact fact. Missouri's losing tax revenue you know, in the St. Louis area. They're losing tax revenue to Illinois. And in Kansas, I think it was the same thing. There was no blue law in Kansas. So in Kansas City, people would go, you you know, from Missouri into Kansas. And I believe even the same thing like down in down in like Springfield in the boot heel and things like that, that you could go across the river into Tennessee. Yeah, I believe it. And, yeah. and Arkansas and places like that. So then we would have the people against the blue law, and most of them were religious people. And most of them were like pastors and things like that. And Lee would just would just set them up every time, you know, and because they would say, well, you know, that's God's day. You should be with your family. You should be working. You should be having lunch together and you should be doing things together. Everybody should have Sunday off. So Lee would always ask him, what do you do on Sunday? Well, after church, we go to the restaurant and we eat lunch <laughs> and then yeah. and then we go and we watch the movies or we, you know, we go or, or if it's the summer, we go and we play golf, you know. Are we and, and Lee would always say, "What about those people that work at the restaurant? You know, what about those people that work yeah. at, at the movie theaters? And what about what about the guys who are running the Ameren UE plants that are keeping the lights on? And you know, and and the guys who are keeping the water running, and the gas running, and you know, and the police and the fire. You know, do they have Sundays? Well, that's different. That's different. Well, you know, Brad. One of the we always talk about the fact, or I should I should say I shouldn't put this opinion on you. I always talk about the fact that it's. These things are multifactorial. And one of the things that, that just as I happen to see is that there might be a sense of entitlement there among people because the weekends now you have for, – for people who have kids, the sports seasons are just year-round now. So if your kid plays baseball, soccer, whatever it is, there's no just seasonal sports anymore. So I would say that most people who, are, who, have, who have kids, their weekends are chock full of driving – Around the around the country, or at least to a multi-state area for volleyball tournaments, soccer tournaments, whatever, and they view that time of they don't look at weekends as having free time for themselves. They think, man, I'm driving around the state of Missouri this weekend for a soccer tournament. Well, to a certain extent, I did that with my kids and my you know my boys all played uh, uh, baseball and my youngest son played soccer. My daughter was in the dance and there were all these dance tournaments. You know, I mean, I yeah. And and I hear what you're saying. It's to the point where you know we did a lot. And you know, it's funny you you talk to you hear parents that have kids. Well, you know, you've got some younger kids. Yep. Um, and I mean, to the point where are your kids involved in a lot of activities like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's so the point. It's, it, it becomes. It becomes trial and error of, of figuring out for the kid's age of what is too much. And the number one thing is you're, you're never going to keep up with the Joneses 
And just because your friends' kids are are involved in 14 soccer leagues and 15 gymnastics classes and 12 dance classes doesn't mean that you can that you should try to match their schedule. Well, and you got to figure out the matrix of okay, we got to pick up Johnny. He's For at sure. you know he's at the soccer practice till 10. You know on yep. Sunday morning is you know oh god boy. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, but, you know, I'm a big believer in people take on this responsibility themselves. And if you're and if you feel peer pressured based on what other parents are doing, and this is mostly I would say in 2023 and 2024, this is a mom's problem. You know, moms, I think a lot of times feel pressured to have their kids in a lot of stuff. But that's a completely different topic. That is John Combest. I'm Brad Hildebrand. Together we are bjshow.co. As one of my people told me last night, don't call it Brad and Joe, John Show. Just said bjshow.co. That's what it is, bjshow.co. A uh, press release came out yesterday, and it's on Westplex.news. Yes, we have a site that if you want news from the Westplex, Westplex.news. Not a .com, but not Westplex.news.com. It's just Westplex.news. That St. Charles County bought the National Equestrian Center. Do you know about the National Equestrian I Center? I saw that headline. I saw that headline yesterday. I think St. Saint- I think St. Charles County put that out. Um, well, yeah, you just said it's a press release. I saw it on their Instagram, actually. Right. And if you've never been to the National Equestrian Center, it's in Lake St. Louis. It's off of Lake St. Louis Boulevard. Uh, and I believe it's like, the, I think the, the press release said that the, it's, it has three acres under roof. And as it sounds, it's a big old horse, uh, you know, what do you call it? Horse arena, whatever you call it. I mean, they call yeah. it an equestrian center. But essentially, it's a big old place where horses run around and they have all sorts of different competitions and things like that. And it draws from all over the country and they have various events and exhibitions and competitions and things like that and i thought it was interesting that and i'll just tell you this up front steve ellman is not a fan of the family arena if if someone came along with the right amount of money and said hey steve we'd like to buy that family arena steve would say Let's talk, and how quick can we close? Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting. I wonder where he stands in this because, you know, it's sort of the equestrian center. I know we're talking apples and oranges, but it's sort of the same kind of thing where it's, you know, you're having shows and things like that. And that's what he didn't necessarily want to get into as far as with the the, the family arena. So, um, and but on the flip side of it, I know that he's very much into developing the park system and, uh, you know, because of the fact that he feels that that's uh, an aspect of, of uh, uh, that makes a county better. Matter of fact, where Shelly lives, Shelly lives off Kisker. Uh, there was a new park they put in right off of Kisker. Um, they've done a lot of things to, uh, you know, they bought, uh, well, I don't know if they bought it. I think they might have been given to it, Klondike Park, which is an amazing park that sadly nobody goes to. You Where's know, Klondike Park? Klondike Park is just before, if you're going down 94 toward Augusta, Klondike Park mm-hmm. is right before you get to Augusta. If you're going okay. on 94, you go through Defiance, and then you go what's on what they call, there's a little tiny town there, it used to exist, but it doesn't exist anymore, called Matson, M-A-T-S-O-N. And there's a long stretch of highway along there, 94, where you're down on the river bottom, and you're just paralleling the Missouri River. And they, people down there, they still call it the Matson Flats. And then all of a sudden, you make a quick right turn, and like a sweeping right turn, then you make a, a, a sweeping left turn, 
and there's the entrance to Klondike Park. What's interesting is Klondike Park, the one edge of Klondike Park is where the new boat ramp is that they made for the Hoffmans for, uh, the, was it Miss Augusta or Augusta Bell? I don't even want the name. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the boat they brought in. And uh, that's the Klondike Park. And it's an old quarry, which is sort of interesting. And, and supposedly... This was told to me. This was the history um, of, of it. It was originally, or not originally, but originally a long time ago, it was a quarry. And then a couple of guys, and what was told to me by a friend of mine, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but two gay guys who had a lot of money, bought the whole area and built a super fancy house in there. And for some reason, they didn't want the park anymore. I don't know, maybe they, they you know, or the whole area, they didn't want it anymore. And they either gave it to the county or they sold it to them at a very low rate, and they turned their house into like an event center. So when you go into Klondike Park, it's sort of cool because you go in, and there's a road that goes completely around the park. In other words, when you go in the park, you go to the right, and then it's a great big road that goes the entire length of the you know park and there's a bunch of things where you know there's areas every once in a while you'll hear where someone will be injured because there's a couple of cliffs where where they dug out all the rock and you walk up like a hill and if you don't watch where you're walking you fall down like 80 feet you know because it's it's and there's a couple places there's picnic baskets up there i mean picnic benches and stuff like that but there's never anybody there it's always deserted i mean i don't care if you go through you know pick a day like tomorrow if you go through klondike park I know it's going to be sort of cold tomorrow and things like that, but let's say it's springtime. Let's say it's April 10th and it's a Saturday, and, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning, you drive through Klondike Park, you maybe will see, eh, 10 people. It's just nobody ever uses it, which is sort of sad. Wow, yeah. It's a cool I'm on the Wikipedia now, and it says that there is some good fishing there, allegedly, that you can catch some some channel cats, some bluegill, some largemouth. There. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool place. You know, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, some people, the environmentalists would say, oh, this is horrible. Look what they did to the ground, to this to this part of the earth. <laughs> they, they mined it, and they, they left all these cliffs, and it's terrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's... Your environmentalist voice is almost as good as your pothead voice, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Which competes with my St. Louis public radio voice, so they're they're neck and neck. Hold hold no, nobody can beat my public radio voice. I'm Hi, ready. Thanks for listening to BJShow.co. We'll be. Oh yes. <laughs> it, this is brought to you by Diane Reem. <laughs> no, she. Well, <laughs> we don't want to make Did fun of her. Did she bite the big one already? I don't know, but she's not that old. We should play. Maybe on the, the first show of the year we play, did they die in 2023 no. or not? Because I'm really bad at that. I didn't know if Di- Diane Reem has, has, has bet the big one yet or not. Do you know the story behind her? I don't, but you can, we're, we're, over, we're over time. Okay. Maybe you tell us when I'll we come back. I'll pick that up on the, on, the, on the other side of this break. It's actually sort of a sad story, really. I it's... won't look it up in the, on the commercial break, I promise. You won't look it up. Okay, it's 742.